Welcome to the Renaissance Brothers Podcast, where we help you live your best life as you reinvent yourself spiritually, financially, physically, culturally, and intellectually. We want you to know that after the darkness, there is light. So take a journey with two friends, Mike and Russ, and experience your own renaissance. Russ, how are you doing today? Great. Better than I deserve. Better than you deserve. That's always good. Thank you. Uh, thank <laughs> you very good. much. Dave Ramsey. (laughs) Speaking of Dave Ramsey, uh, we have an interesting topic today. We're talking about how to drive enlightened. I'm loving it. I'm excited for this topic. I love cars. I love driving. And I'm looking forward to talking about this. That's right. That's right. We're going to talk about uh, buying cars the right way. How to drive enlightened with your money and with your car and let you sleep at night, right? Exactly. So this is a financial topic, I think, that we'll talk about a little bit today. But it's also, I'd say, a spiritual and physical topic. Because if you Mm -hmm. do this right, your stress will go down and your enjoyment will increase. And so let's talk a little bit about why we love cars. I think both of us are sort of car guys. Yes. And why do we love our cars? So, Mike, why do we love your car? I am driving uh, my favorite car I've ever owned right now. It's a Volkswagen CC. Uh, it's a. It's got a turbo in it, which is really really fun. It has it has a sports setting that if I'm having a rough day at work or something like that, I can drop it down into uh, the sport mode and it just flies around just great. I, I just I love driving. It's a great car. Yeah, I I love driving my car too. I I was able to have a little midlife crisis car. I got a Tesla Model S in the end of 2017. Woo-hoo! And let me tell you, every time I hop into that car, it just makes me feel happy. Feels great to have a car that's fast. It's probably faster it than most fast. Ferraris. And it is just <laughs> smooth and quiet and it drives itself and it doesn't Which is awesome for us because uh You need all the help you can get on the road, my friend. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I've known Russ Russ a long time, and, uh, you know, Russ is known to hit cones in the road. Um, I don't think you've gotten in accidents, but you just... uh, I've gotten in a few, but... You know, paying attention maybe isn't your thing on the road. I don't know. Maybe. So, yeah, maybe it is good to have a Tesla just for that reason. I hope you drive safe now with the kids in the car. Hope, hope that happens. I think my driving's improved vastly. And <laughs> some people who know me, my cousins who know me a long time, say that my driving has improved. Oh, good. Um, so that's a good thing. Because when Russ drives like in Mexico, he scares the Mexicans. So... <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I when, drive, I guess any driving anywhere. Hey, listen, so. if you get pulled over for a DUI and you haven't been drinking, how, how often does that happen to us? Uh, a couple times. <laughs> and I've really never had for a real. drink of alcohol in my life. For so real. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, They're pulling him out, having him walk the line. I'm like, this, oh, this is bad. <laughs> I'm like, I swear he doesn't drink, officer. He hasn't been drinking. There's, there's no alcohol involved. Like, He's driving like a drunk guy. I'm oh, like, no, great. he just drives like that. It's okay. It's all good. The Tesla does help me drive. I've had my share of bad driving, too. Uh, when we lived in, in Europe, um, I had to drop Russ to the plane, to the airport to go on a business trip. 
And uh, Russ says, well, here, just take my BMW for the week while I'm gone, right? So I'm tearing around Geneva and his BMW, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why everybody's driving so slow in town. I'm just having a great time. And so I call Russ, and he says, well, how's the car and everything? I said, great. And I said, but why does everybody drive so slow here in Geneva? And he says, it's because there's uh, cameras that take your picture for speeding. And I went, oh. <laughs> so about four speeding tickets later that uh, Russ got mailed to him for, uh, you know, my infractions. I learned, I learned not to speed in Geneva. Yes, and Mike paid for those tickets. I wasn't bailing him out then. Thank you. And I had my share of of tickets as well. I was on a temp assignment a few years before being in Geneva in Munich, Germany. And my employer provided a vehicle for me. It was in their name, and I just borrowed it for six months. And I had a blast. (laughs) That car was a very fast BMW, very rapid car. We took it on the Autobahn. I did get it close to around 200 miles an hour. Wow. And that was all legal. Wow. That was all legal. Driving in Germany is a heck of a lot of fun. They really know how to drive there. Um, but I got to the end of this assignment, and I turned the car in to my employer. And the gentleman who was running the fleet gave me six envelopes. And these six envelopes each contained a speeding ticket <laughs> from various parts of Germany. Got to pay the man, Russ. So I wrote my address in the U.S. on all those speeding tickets. I never heard from them, but uh, and I've been able to rent a car in Germany since. Wait, wait, you skipped out on some speeding tickets with the Germans? No, well, I I gave him my address. I I gave him a way to contact me and pursue me for those tickets. <laughs> That's so awesome. I I wanted to be honest about it. Um, but yes, yeah, so I I've, I've been loving driving this Tesla around. Just in case there are any Hillsborough Police Department uh, folks around, I'm keeping the speed limit and I'm driving safely. That's good. Engage that autopilot because yes, uh, that helps. And that's the interesting thing about this autonomous driving is that it's really helping, it's supposed to help us be better drivers. They've done a lot of studies on them. And the worst case scenario is that they're about twice as safe as any human. Yeah. So even a Mario Andretti behind the wheel is not going to be able to react as quickly or be as safe as this uh, Tesla autopilot. And I think a bunch of other car companies are going to be coming up with their own autonomous driving That's as right. well. That's right. It's the future. It's the future. So the future will be safer. But let's talk a little bit about driving enlightened. And so one of the things that I've seen is that did a little research here. The average price of a new car is at a record high. This was for 2020. It's actually just come out over $40,000. Wow. That's a lot of money for That's a new a ride. a lot of money. And Edmunds, which is the car research site, they say that the prices are creeping up because Americans are making the switch from passenger cars and sedans to more expensive SUVs and pickup trucks. Yep. Now, the good news is that down payments are up on the cars, so the debt might be a little lower, but that down payment is still only $4,700. And so a lot of people are taking out a heck of a lot of debt to buy these cars. Mm -hmm. And 
One of the big kickers here is that the monthly car payments are now nearly $600. Wow. That's huge. That's a lot of money coming out of your pocket every month. Well, well, not only are the payments up to six hundred dollars, also the terms of these uh, of these loans used to used to be a three year term was very common for a car loan. Now, what are they at, Russ? I think they're seven, eight, nine years. Some of them today, Americans have one point three trillion in auto loan debt, and that's actually been an eighty one percent increase over two thousand nine. So that's really more on average than a decade ago. The delinquencies have gone up too. The average used to be about 3%. Now it's 5%. Yes. And with this pandemic, we thought it would go up even more, I would think. Mm -hmm. But actually, it's stayed about the same. So thank, thankful for the PPP loans and some of these other things. Delinquencies are around 4.8%. They were 5% in Q2 of 2020. Looks like they're 4.8 in Q3. We'll just have to see what's going to happen uh, in the future if this ends up going up or down. But this $600 does not count the gas. This $600 does not count the insurance. Strictly your car payment. Yeah. So that just seems to be living in an alternate universe here. I know that Yeah. Uh, we love our cars, but man, that's a steep price to pay to just own your ride and own the transportation, and especially these days where we none of us have anywhere to go. We're mm -hmm. all locked down <laughs> and we don't go to any places. We're trying to be safe and we're trying to keep other people safe. We're trying to wear our masks and trying to you know, think not just about ourselves, but other people yep. and really trying to uh, social distance. And so we're not going out as much. And I think we're all getting some discounts on our car insurance because of that. But Man, we're still going and getting all these loans. So, Mike, uh, tell me the story of you. Uh, you paid off your car early. I did. And now you are driving around in a paid-off car. So tell me about how that happened. I'm feeling enlightened. I'm feeling enlightened. Uh, feeling enlightened. Loving that. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons we do this podcast is to... Uh, you know, help you live your best life. And driving enlightened was a topic we wanted to talk about. Uh, Russ is a disciple of Dave Ramsey, and he uh, challenged me uh, just over a year ago. He said, hey, you know, you need to pay that car off. And I said, come on, do I have to pay the car off? I have a really low interest rate, right? I was, I was arguing with him. And Russ says, you're going to feel so much better with that car paid off. You just need to get that paid off. Nobody can come and take it from you if you get it paid off, right? And uh, he, totally right. So I, I kept making additional payments on the car, and then I'd make some balloon payments onto it. And, you know, it was painful. It was painful to pay it, but I, I made that final payment, paid it all off, and I paid it off three years early, which was pretty amazing. So I own it free and clear now. I was pretty happy about that. That is awesome. And it felt great. You know, it, it was a little scary in the process. And I'd call Russ sometimes and I'd go, oh, I just made another payment or I had this setback or whatever. But, you know, um, getting the car paid off was really great because once it's paid off, you don't worry about it ever again. You know, once it's paid off, you're done. You don't owe anybody on it. You, you own this thing. This becomes an asset at this point. It's not a liability to you anymore. Yeah, really good point. I think a new car loses about 25% of its value the instant you drive it off the lot. 
Yes. And they say it's really not good to borrow money, um, well, for any reason, but especially for depreciating assets. And a car is awesome. It's fun. It's a depreciating asset. It goes down in value. And something you can you can have very easily have an accident. Uh, yeah. What are the odds? Anybody know anybody that's had a, had a car accident? Absolutely. We do. And, uh, you know, we carry expensive insurance and something can happen to the car besides mechanical failures and things like that. You know, your chances of being in an accident are pretty high. So that's a lot to worry about with this asset that's depreciating and can also be destroyed very quickly. Yeah, I think that's one of the nice things about paying off the car is that your insurance will likely be lower because you don't have to pay for the gap insurance. So the gap insurance is a insurance mm-hmm. product where you have to pay the difference between what the car is actually worth and what you owe on the car. And a lot of Americans are yes. upside down in their cars. They're upside down. So they have to pay that extra insurance. And I say it's just just something in our heads when the car's paid off, if you have a repair or something else comes up, it's not as big of a deal because you own that car. Yeah, I had a couple of repairs. Uh, I, I had to put a couple thousand dollars into my car this year uh, in the last uh, probably six, eight months. And yeah, it was a lot to put into it. However, with it being paid off, it's less than I would have paid, you know, making my payments on the car normally. Definitely. I had, I got rejected a couple times, big time when I was in my early 20s. And I'm going to tell you about why I'm super glad for these rejections. Now, are you talking dating or are you talking cars, Russ? I'm talking cars. <laughs> the dating happened too. I think I witnessed a couple of those, a couple of those dating transactions. <laughs> yes. Well, that's fine too. Your card is declined. And you know what? I have no regrets about that either, but um, uh. that, that's, a, that's a big blessing too. <laughs> I walked into a used car dealership when I was 21 years old. I didn't have much money to put down. I was making pretty good money uh, uh-huh. as a salesperson, but I had only been working for like four months and I didn't have great credit. So I walked in and they said, Hey, there's no way you're buying a car. They're like, Get out of here, man. Get out of here. And so I was going to buy like an $8,000 BMW 3 Series. I did not buy anything. And then I went back a few, uh, about a year later, and I tried to buy a Honda Accord. Same result. They rejected me. still said no. And that was one of the best things that ever happened because I had to buy a car cash, and I bought a beater cash. But that was fine. That ended up being one of the best decisions I made to not have that car payment uh, at the beginning of my career, as well as the beginning of my, so my money earning yep. years. And so there's nothing wrong with driving a beater, nothing at all. Yeah. And that's the thing. Cars these days are so reliable now and so great that you don't need to buy the latest and greatest car. A 10 year old car now will last you mm-hmm. another 10 years if you take care of it. Exactly. So let's fast forward 10 years. I was in Switzerland, I was leasing a car. And even though it was a really low interest rate or a really low money factor, for those familiar with leasing, I decided to pay that lease off after a year. It just, that thing just held, sort of hung over me like a little rain cloud. And it felt so great to just get rid of that payment. Fast forward a few years after that in 2008, when the world was about to end with the economic crisis, 
I was able to buy a Honda Pilot for an awesome deal. And I got another $1,000 back by actually applying for and borrowing some money. The, the dealer had these incentives where it was actually $1,000 less for me to buy it um, on credit than it would if I had bought it on cash. So I bought it on credit and I paid that thing off like two months later. Nice. I think sometimes these car dealers will try and incentivize you. And I think you take advantage of some of those incentives. Mm -hmm. What I've seen is even with the 0%, a lot of times you won't get the same discounts. And then even with the 0% interest, you're going to be upside down in that car. You're going to be paying gap insurance. You're going to have that stress. That's right. Some people say, hey, I'll just put it aside and you know make money. But they they found that only a very small percentage of people who borrow at 0% actually set that money aside and are able to make money on that money that they they didn't have. So, you know, here in the the Renaissance Brothers, we're not about judgment or shame or anything like that. We all made mistakes and or we've all done things. And at the end of this, uh, at, at the end of the day, it's about living your best life. And one of the things is let's move forward. No regrets. Um, I have to make a plug for driving enlightened from the standpoint of helping to save the earth a little bit. So uh, I've I've owned some hybrids uh, as well as a couple electric cars. I have a Nissan Leaf and then this Tesla. Just a few months ago, uh, we got a hybrid minivan, and this is a Chrysler Pacifica, brilliant, beautiful minivan. The first 33 miles are electric only, and that comes out to about a 104 miles per gallon equivalent. Nice and. So far, since we've had it, we've been saving 150 a month in gas mm -hmm. based on the same mileage. And they last year, at the end of the year, they were just blowing these things out. The MSRP for the top of the line with the panoramic sunroof, the 24 speakers, the leather, the two-screen theater system was like 53K. Nice. By the time <laughs> we got out the door with that... Uh, it started at 53K, but we actually got it for 27K, brand new. You got a great deal. Great deal. Yeah, that was after $10,000 in government incentives. So that's the thing, dude. The government will help you out and help you buy some of these cars. If you're buying something that's electric. Well, well it definitely uh, it got your older minivan off the road, which I'm grateful for, having driven it a few times. <laughs> you know, Russ would say, the last time I visited, I drove it up to Seattle. And uh, Russ is like, okay, you need at least two bottles of <laughs> of coolant to keep with it, and pull over every uh, fifteen miles and just check it because it's leaking. <laughs> and Russ would call me, and go, is it smoking? Is it smoking? I'm like, no, no, it's good, it's good. It's staying cool, it's staying cool, it's good. But I'd have to put fluid in it every now and again. So I'm, you know, like I said, no shame in driving a beater. We've all had to do this, and it's and it's good. But that, that minivan was paid for a lot of times over. Yes. And uh, bless my wife's heart, that thing did actually leave her stranded a couple times. I feel really oh. bad about that. But <laughs> now she has a new, brand new hybrid minivan with a 520-mile range. And that thing's just and, awesome. And what, you said some mini screens in there? Yeah, we got some home theater. You got a, you got a, you got a home theater system in this? In the, okay, good. That That's... Yeah. That rewards her for her patience then. Good <laughs> good job, Russ. Good job. Yeah, and it it has all the uh, automatic, it'll keep the lane and the 
the adaptive cruise control. We took it up to Seattle and that's nice. Pretty much it drove itself up there. Not quite like the Tesla, but it it's getting close. Also, electric cars are coming. So in addition to mm-hmm. the Teslas, the Chevy Bolts and, and some of the others that are coming online, uh, they say there's like maybe 100 electric car models that all the automakers are working on right now. And the build of materials by 2024, they're saying will be equal to a combustion engine. Now, I don't know if that's really going to happen, but I think the trend is good. So that's another way to drive enlightened and to save money. We're moving in the right we're moving in the right direction on that, for sure. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I uh, I think there's definitely concerns about the electrical infrastructure being able to support that. But that's one way to drive enlightened. Hey Russ, I forgot something. You were supposed to take me out to dinner once I paid my car off. Oh, wait a minute. Yes. Do you do you remember that? Yeah, I made a promise. I was going to take you to any fancy <laughs> restaurant in Las Vegas. <laughs> Okay, so when the pandemic ends, you're coming to Las Vegas, we're going to Commander's Palace, and uh, I'm going to order some lobster. Awesome. Well, you deserve it. You paid off that car. You better start, you better start budgeting now. That sounds good. You paid off that car. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saving my pennies. I'm saving my pennies right now. And I'm going to get two Diet Cokes. Two Diet Cokes. Look at that. And some lobster. Yeah, that's right. You're breaking the bank. <laughs> How do we do? How do we do? How do we do this? How do we go from, you know, so, so so I'm sitting at home right now. I'm listening, and I go, man, I got this. I got this car payment I got to make. I just bought a car, you know, eight nine months ago, and I got this pretty heavy car payment. How do I do this? Uh, Renaissance Brothers, enlighten me. How do I? How do I drive enlightened? Okay, so I think the first step in driving enlightened is to try and pay off that car. Hopefully, you're not underwater, but try and pay off that car as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like you did, Mike, stepped up, extra payments. extra payments, balloon payments, either pay that thing off, or if you don't really like the car and you think you want to get rid of it uh, within a couple of years, maybe sell the car and then buy a beater. Yeah. If you don't love, if you don't love the car, you should get another car. Exactly. Seriously. Life is too short. Drive something you like. Yeah, drive something you like. But this is the thing. You can drive a beater. For five years, or you can buy, you know, a car that's not perfect that just gets you around that's reliable for five years. Um, and this is what I we'll we'll post, try and post a spreadsheet here. Yeah, we get uh, on the website, but I, I made a little spreadsheet because I'm a geek and I like these numbers. And I thought, okay, so if the average monthly payment six hundred dollars, the average car costs forty thousand dollars. We've looked at about two percent inflation the last few years. If I can put money into the stock market or into a uh, index fund or a total stock market index fund or a mutual fund, I'll get a pretty good return. Let's assume maybe a nine percent return for inflation adjusted already. Inflation right. adjusted. The average car today is forty thousand, but let's say that raises with inflation as well. And then the monthly mm-hmm. payments. Let's say I just keep those monthly payments the same. I don't even inflation adjust those. So let's say your monthly payment's 600 bucks. Yeah, so my monthly payment's 600 bucks. So you're not doing anything different here. You're still paying $600 to someone. But what changes here is the order in which you do things. And this is what's going to make all the difference to you. So let's say, Mike, if you were 25 
I'm going to give you a lot of benefit of the doubt. Pretty much half your age here. Boy, to be 25 again. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're not going to we're not going to reveal our ages here, but what mistakes I wouldn't make again. Yeah, right. So let's say you're 25 and you have a car, $5,000 car, and you just start putting $600 into the market. You start investing that $600 religiously every month. Mm-hmm. And let's say you just do that. Well, at the end, let's say you throw let's say you throw it into a mutual fund that's just going to get you your 9% yeah. adjusted for inflation. Yep. So okay. let's say you do that. Uh by year 8, you'll have uh you'll you'll probably have $100,000 in there. And so what you can do is you can take wow. You can take uh 46,000 of it because that's how much the average car now is going to cost after the 2% each mm-hmm. year of inflation. Um and you can buy that car. Buy that brand new car. That's a killer car, $46,000. You can probably buy a pretty nice car for that. And you'll still have $63,000 left in that account. Don't touch that account. Keep putting money in every month for another eight years. You know that car is going to last you eight years at least easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's do this again. This is 16 years has passed. We're now in 2037. You're 41 years old if you had started out being 25. And you'll have 187 or maybe 200,000 in the bank, and you'll be able to buy a car for about 54,000. And if we just keep working with those numbers and you do, you do this and you're consistent, by the time 2062 comes around, or 2061, so in 40 years, um, if you had started at age 65 or age 25, now you are age 65. Mm-hmm. You will have 2.6 million in the bank. Wow. In that bank account. Hard to believe. But those are the numbers. Now, your average car, that will cost you 90,000. So that that $40,000 car today today will cost you 90,000 in 40 years. But you'll have 2.6 million in the bank to pay for that car. And who cares? And so that's the power of compound interest. Mm-hmm. I think uh a lot of people, I think it was Einstein who said that was one of the you know wonders of the world. Uh, it's probably one of the quotes that he didn't really say, but everyone attributes it to him because he's Einstein. I mean, you got to attribute all quotes to him. But I think that's magic. And Dave Ramsey actually has a, a video called you know, Drive for Free that, that says pretty much the same thing. I think his returns are even higher. Yep. But we're trying to just use uh, industry averages here. I think 9% is pretty reasonable, 2% inflation. Yep. Uh, average car payment, and then also the average cost of a new car. So if you do this, uh, you'll have $2.6 in the bank. You'll be able to afford a car. Success. Success. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's about fun, and it's about living your best life. Uh, as Dave said, you can, you can buy fun, but you can't buy happiness, and it's important to know the difference between that. So I love my Tesla. Uh, I love driving it. It's a lot of fun, but it hasn't made me any happier than I was before. Very true. Um, and so I'm not going to attach my happiness to this or, you know, a, a material thing. But if you think about it, this can set you up to be generous. So maybe with that 2.6 million, you could donate it to something or, you know, use it, use it for other, other purposes. So other purposes, start a business, buy a house. Yep. So that's that's how to drive enlightened. 
So our action steps, uh, first and foremost, would be to pay off your car payment as soon as possible, right? Yep. Drive what you need to now, even if that's a beater for a few years, that's okay, right? And yep. start to pay yourself that $600 car payment or whatever your car payment happens to be. Pay that to yourself right now and invest that into just a mutual fund that has a solid, uh, a solid uh, performance. Yep. And then you buy your cars with cash going forward. You can afford a new one every eight years. Your insurance is going to be lower. Your month-to-month finances will be better. And you'll definitely sleep better at night, right? Um, just, like, just like Russ said, when I paid off my car, it was like, it was really nice not having that payment. The first couple months, it was kind of nice not making the payment. But then after a while, it's kind of like you don't worry about it. It's just, it's, it's lifted off you. And that's what happens when you pay off debt is it really is lifted off you. It's not a burden on your life anymore. It just becomes something that falls into the background and you get to still live and do your stuff every day. So it allows you to drive enlightened for the rest of your life. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's magic. I think the less monthly payments you have in your life, the better. I'd say even with insurance, they gave me a 10% discount if I paid it in full every year. And then the other part of that magic is if I'm not a great driver, they can't raise my insurance for that whole year. So mm-hmm. that's a win on both sides. But yeah, Mike, I think that's really the whole thing. Driving enlightened is exactly what you said. And uh, let's just look forward to moving forward and uh, driving enlightened uh, for the rest of our lives. It's all about living your best life. This has been another episode of the Renaissance Brothers Podcast. For Mike and Russ, be safe and live well.